Hey everyone, welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. I am your host, Nick De La Torre, and today I have the supreme blessing of getting to interview some very good friends of mine who are also my co-hosts on the other show that I host here called The Prodigal Life at Awakened Catholic. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're going to introduce them in just a moment, but all of that is coming up right after this. gentlemen, welcome back to The Awakened Catholic Show. This is not your grandmother's Catholic talk show, unless she's a really, really cool grandmother. I am your host, Nick De La Torre, and I am joined today by two amazing people. I am blessed to have them in my life. We have here Ellen Holmes, Steve's LeBlanc, and Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, who are co-hosts on The Prodigal Life, another show that I'm a part of here at Awakened Catholic. Uh, and you may recognize Deacon Harold from EWTN or any of the number of books he's read or any of the number of talks he's given around the world at men's conferences and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so guys, welcome to The Awakened Catholic Show. How are you doing today? I'm blessed. Yeah, doing well. Yeah, thank it's great you for to be here. Us. Rock on. We just got done with a major and intensive week of production for The Prodigal Life. We yes, do this we two to three times a year. You guys come out and we record a massive load of episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think after we d get done recording this episode, it'll have been 22 episodes this week. Yes. That 22. is with eight bonkers. Guests. With, with eight, eight guests. guests. Yeah. Yes. And when, mm -hmm. with many of those guests, we did multiple episodes within yes. that. So it's been mm -hmm. nuts. And I always look forward to these weeks and we always have a great time. Mm -hmm. um, and every time we do this, I think to myself, wow, that was the best batch of episodes we've ever done. And that, <laughs> that ends up happening every single time. So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about you guys and to dive into your lives and also to talk about the prodigal life and uh, why is it called that? What is the show about? And um, and I'm excited that any of this conversation might lead uh, the audience of this show to go and check out the prodigal life. Uh, so uh, Ellen, let's start with you. Um, now, for context here, you hear a lot about our stories, all three of us, throughout the course of the prodigal life. So we don't mm -hmm. want to like go too far no. into our stories, but just kind of give you know a little little taste, a little taste of the glory. See what it tastes like. Oh, Lord. Um, let's see. I am a poorly catechized credo Catholic okay. um, who had a massive conversion, uh, started in 2017, and then on Pentecost Sunday 2018, Everything changed, mm -hmm. um, and Deacon Harold was a part of that transformation. Mm. So if you watch The Prodigal Life, you will find whole bunches of stories about that. Um, mm -hmm. And so basically my life did kind of a 180-degree turn, Yeah. Um, and everything changed. And so now I am actively working on The Prodigal Life, and I do pilgrimages. I help coordinate pilgrimages uh, with Deacon Harold and um, work with Select International Tours on that, um, working on my first book, which is going to be good. It's going to be called Be Not Afraid. Um, Always an important yeah, message. Yeah, very good, very <laughs> good. So, and it's, that's about, it's going to be testimony-based also. Mm -hmm. So that's a very good thing. Um, and I am a mother of three grown children. I live in eastern North Carolina. I'm originally from Massachusetts. And uh, let's see what else. I mean, I do, you know what I mean? I do a little bit of everything, um, and I try to. And then the biggest thing I'm in the middle of right now is um, on April 5th, on St. Vincent Ferrer's feast day, uh, right before um, Holy Thursday, which is my favorite Catholic holiday, which is kind of an interesting story in itself, I am launching uh, my nonprofit. Beautiful. So there'll be a website. It's called Destined for This, um, and it is a charity rooted in purpose and prayer. 
Um, and it's going to be for vocational scholarships so that people Ooh. that are trying to discern their um, vocation mm -hmm. um, and just can't because we're in a world where it's very hard to get quiet. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to say, gee, I'm going to take a month off from work and go do something, you know, go find out if God really wants me to work for him. Whether you are called to the priesthood or to that or even lay service or a youth minister or even just doing what we're doing, sometimes it's really hard to step away. And so we're going to be setting up a scholarship program so that people will be able to um, have that time, apply, get approved, and do that. Um, the other thing that was put on my heart when I was with Pilgrimage on Deacon Herald, and I've been working on this, and it's finally coming to fruition, is a pilgrimage scholarship program so that people on every plane that leaves American soil, there'll be at least two pilgrims that otherwise would never be able to go. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it can be sponsored, hopefully, through the scholarship. Um, wonderful. Adida at Select International Tours is already, you know, is on board with this and wants to help in any way she can. Oh, naturally. Um, Adita's amazing. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. And so, basically, it's just, you know, that's the purpose part of it. And then there's the prayer part of it, which is rooted in something totally different, and that's a rosary-based faith mission that I uh, have a strong call to, um, trying to encourage the priests— um, of the world and uh, the bishops and and whoever I can get in front of um, to begin visibly praying their rosary with their parishes. Beautiful. And and to bring you know to arm their sheep with the the greatest weapon that we have. Yeah. You know we know that the Eucharist is powerful, but we have to have our priests engaging in that prayer with their communities so that they understand the importance of it. And so that that's pretty much the the gist of destined for this, and it's based off of John. 1837, which is, you know, for this I was born, for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. And that is what we're doing. So that's, that, that's what we're, that's me in a nutshell. It's an amazing mission that you're, yeah. that you're embarking on with that organization because we need uh, our, our could be priests to be supported in the process of that discernment and, and mm -hmm. allow money to be less of a factor yeah. of that. Um, so yeah, thank you for the work you're doing there to get that launched. Now we just got to get sponsors. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> we have to get people that want, that believe in, in doing that and, and hopefully vocational directors and all the dioceses will be like, oh my gosh, a vocational discernment scholarship. That's amazing mm. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, and, and some people may need a week, they may need a weekend or they may need a pilgrimage or they may need to, you know, to take a sabbatical or whatever. But if we can help them along that journey, mm -hmm. we need to be doing that. We need to be encouraging that process so that people can have that quiet time to say, gee, what does God really want from me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that, Ellen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. And maybe towards the end of the episode, if people want to join in that mission, uh, we'll, we'll yeah. provide ways for people to reach sure. you on that. So That'd be great. Fantastic. Thank Deacon you. Harold, who the crap are you? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> so, uh, so I was born a Barbados immigrant to the United States. My mom was Catholic. She was actually Methodist and converted to the Catholic faith as a teenager. Uh, so we were raised uh, basically Catholic by her. We immigrated mm -hmm. to the United States. Uh, my brother and I, and with my mom and grandmother, her mom, and then my brother and sister were born here. And uh, uh, I've always loved going to church. It, it seems weird, mm -hmm. but I remember being nine or 10 and just like totally focused on what was going on at the altar. I didn't really understand, but I... I wanted to be part of it. Yeah. Then I started serving mass. I just like, oh man, I just totally love this. Mm -hmm. I remember one time particularly, Father O'Connor was about. I was, I was serving mass. It was eight a.m. mass before school, which was across the street from our parish, 
And, and me and Billy Miller were, were serving masses. My turn to ring the bells. And Father O'Connor was elevating the host. And I was about to ring the bells. I, could t- I said, I could totally see myself doing that. Mm-hmm. That's why I first felt like a call to priesthood, you know? Or what I thought was priesthood. Right. Then I went to a Bennington High School. They had a come and see program. And he, the abbot got up there one day at convocation and said, any young men interested in our way of life, we're starting a program. I said, oh, I, I want to mm-hmm. check it out. And so I did all four years of high school and uh, went off to college, uh, worked for a year, and then joined the monastery. And I thought, mm, that's it. I went in there thinking I would never leave. <laughs> you know, and I, I really actually enjoyed monastic life. I really did. Um, and uh, my, then my mom, my parents got divorced. My mom got sick, almost died. And so uh, the abbot gave me three months out of monastery to take care of my mom. And... Uh, during that time, I went to a wedding and met the woman who ended up being my wife. Mm. So, didn't go back to the monastery. And she's from Oregon, which is how I got out there. I currently live in Portland, Oregon now mm-hmm. for the last, like, 28 years mm-hmm. out there. And so that's when I discovered the vocation to diaconate. Because even though I got married, I still felt a pull, a tug, Yeah, you know. Um, and, I, and I just dove into the parish, right? I started doing um, lector and uh, training altar servers and... Parish mm-hmm. Council and uh, uh, St. Vincent de Paul and everything. And it wasn't enough. Mm. So then discovered the diaconate, um, you know, uh, was accepted in 96, started the the, the class, didn't start until 97. Mm-hmm. Five years, including a master's degree in theology, which, which I received at the time from the University of Dallas, was ordained November 23rd, 2002. Uh, and I was just—I just turned 36, so I was just, <laughs> so uh, I was the youngest person they ever ordained, the first one they ever ordained under 40 years old. Um, I had young kids at the time, uh, and again, I was working in law enforcement. So I was—I was, I was uh, uh, police chief since 2001 at, at the University of Portland, and in uh, a total law enforcement career, 23 years, teaching at the police academy as an anti-terrorism expert. And I thought, okay, and, and, and then I, um, one of my professors in graduate school is Father Mitch Pacwa. He heard me on Catholic Answers, mm-hmm. and then he invited me to be EWTN Live, and that's how things got started with EWTN. And Now, again, I always thought of it as a, my side gig. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm not going to leave my job and my career to do, <laughs> I mean, but it was nice, you know? Um, and then 2011, in adoration, the Lord said to me interiorly, I need you to do a different type of threat assessment for souls. <laughs> and I said, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I said, I'm very comfortable where I am right now. And the Lord directed my gaze to a crucifix in the Adoration Chapel. And he said, if you want to take your relationship with me to the next level, you got to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, here we go. So I started a year-long process of very serious discernment, mm. after which um, I did decide to leave. And to, and to speak at the right full time. Now, I didn't just do that. Well, I'm just going to leave my job, and all of a sudden, God's going to provide. I mean, I had a plan. Right. had a strategy. I, had, I, I started bringing people into my life that could help me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and three in particular that really helped me, um, Father Mitch Pacwa, um, Patrick Madrid, and Father Larry Richards. were. Those are all great guys. They, and wow. they, I mean, they helped me as far as like, because I, I had a, a consulting company. I said, I know how the consulting model works. I don't know how the speaking model works. Mm-hmm. Like, can you help me? Can you send me stuff? Like, how do I? And they were whatever you need. They were just amazing. That's, amazing. That's great. And so really, I had no plan other than speaking. 
and like, okay, how are we going to build this? We had a little, you know, we had a, a five-year plan. I had a publicist working with me at that time who did it professionally. And she um, uh, actually was let go from her job because her company got bought. And the only way she could keep her job was to move. She goes, I'm not wow. uprooting my family moving. So she decided, to, oh, Deacon, I can help you. I'm like, oh, yes. So and she was amazing. Christine Erdman. I got to give her a shout out. Christine was, was amazing. And I, I couldn't get to where I am without her because she helped me make that transition out of my job into the speaking space. And mm. she was keeping me organized and booking gigs and stuff. Mm. And, um, uh, and I never thought about writing or any of that stuff. And uh, then I got approached by Ignatius Press about doing a book. And then I then I got approached by Ascension Press about being on Chosen, the confirmation program. And it just all these opportunities kept coming. That's amazing. You know, God was saying, once you're able to let go, now watch what I do. You know, and all these things started happening. Um, you know, so now I travel about 250,000 miles a year. I've been to 25 countries around the world, some of them multiple times. Mm. Um, I have my sixth book coming out um, this year. Mm. You know, I've done nine television series at EWTN. I, I, besides the, the Prago Life, which is actually probably my, one of my favorite podcasts because it's it, it's not just me for one, mm. and it's visual. Mm. You know, I have other podcasts that I'm part of. Um, one uh, one of them comes out uh, periodically. It's called The Sons of Thunder. Mm -hmm. uh, John, but I do with John Sablon, who's an amazing speaker and evangelist out of Phoenix, mm -hmm. and he has a wonderful apostolate called World Ablaze, mm. wow. you know, which is doing great things for marriage and family life. Um, I have another podcast called Speaking with Deacon, mm -hmm. out of Australia, yep. you know. Uh, so I do that, like you know, periodically. Uh, Living Stones, which is a, a radio show that I do, a national radio show with Ken Hellenius from the D. Nicholas Center for Ethics and Culture at the University mm -hmm. of Notre Dame. So I have a, a I have a bunch of things going on. I, I do a podcast for the USCCB um, every other Thursday, so about twice a month. I yeah, do my dad watches that faithfully. Yeah, talking I, about the daily scripture reflection. I just I just got it was just on. I just got a text message from uh, a guy with the high school with. It's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I saw you on the thing. I'm like, hey, yeah. you know. So. Anytime you come to yeah. town, my dad's like, tell Deacon I'm still watching him on the USCCB. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just and all that stuff's weird, especially and the pilgrimage ministry, which I'm doing with Ellen, and, mm -hmm. and you know, it's just weird going to places and people recognize you. Like, I remember mm -hmm. the first time I went to a CC. Like, I've never been to a CC before. We're walking up the hill. Deacon Harold, I'm like, what? For mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's just like, yeah. that whole thing is just weird. Um, but 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 basically, what all I'm trying to do, honestly, is I'm trying to take this uh, uh, great education I've been blessed with, you know, mm -hmm. taking Greek and Hebrew from Father Mitch, um, at the wow. University of Dallas and, and three years of Latin in Notre Dame and all the theological education, trying to get it across in people's lives in a way that's meaningful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, not to try to sound smart, mm -hmm. but this this is how this applies to your life every day. Amen. Beautiful. That's all I try to do. Beautiful. Absolutely awesome. Both of you are such awesome people, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so thrilled to get to be a part of the work we're doing together in the prodigal life uh, and to have just even crossed paths with you. When we, we met... Um, at the Catholic Momentum, no, sorry, the Catholic Marketing Network mm -hmm. Momentum Conference in 2021. In Chicago. In Chicago. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where we got to know each other. The first time I, I ever heard you speak, Deacon, was the time where we shared the stage talking about pilgrimages. Mm -hmm. um, Edita oh. from Select International yeah. Tours had asked us to both kind of talk about the importance of pilgrimage and all this stuff. And so we kind of like... Uh, you know what's the what's the term? We were kind of tossing back and forth a little bit on on our 
delivering those messages. And I was like, man, this is a guy I really jive with. Like, and then we had dinner together yep. and, and the, the three of us with Kevin, who used to work with us at Awaken mm -hmm. Catholic. Um, and, and, it, and it just, it just came to fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then it was, I think it was the fastest thing I've ever had go from, you know, concept to production. It, it was. Ever. Because yeah. we met the very end of July. Mm -hmm. We were in the studio in October and we consecrated it to Our Lady and went live on the in, on, on December 8th. Yeah, it's amazing. It was just like bam, bam, bam. And it's just in it, it's been it God wanted it. Yeah, amen. I mean, when God wants something, that's what he does. Amen. So yeah, mm -hmm. it was such a blessing how all of that played out, how the Holy Spirit was at work and still is. Your stories are so powerful. I, I love what God has done in them, and they're almost as powerful as the transition to today's sponsor, CatholicMerch.store. If you want to look as holy on the outside as you are on the inside, or at least fake it, make sure you check out the best Catholic swag there is. We just launched a new line of uh, our Holy Mother uh, merchandise, some beautiful images uh, that were illustrated for Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of Fatima. Um, they're all there. They're all there and you want it. You want it because you want to look holy and look good. Make sure to check out catholicmerch.store. Also, they have entered into a covenantal vow to give us every penny, give every penny of the revenue from catholicmerch.store to the mission of Awakened Catholic. Disregard the fact that it is Awakened Catholic. Anyways, catholicmerch.store. <laughs> Check it out today. Tell your friends about it. Back to the episode. So we're going to dive into the Kerygma speed round. You guys ready? Okay. All right. Speed round. All right. So number one question, Ellen, who is Jesus to you? My Lord and my God. Love it. Love it. Deacon. Yeah, he's uh, everything. He's my heart, my soul, my life, everything. Beautiful, beautiful, absolutely. I love it. Mm -hmm. Question number two, Ellen, an elevator pitch for a life with Jesus. Just say yes. Don't, don't hesitate. And if you don't know him, ask him to come and reveal himself to you because he'll change your life in ways that you can't even imagine. Mm. Amen. Amen. Deacon, same question. Elevator pitch for a life with Jesus. Yeah, just really find time to embrace silence because in that silence, you can listen to the voice of God and allow that voice to change your life. Amazing. You guys are awesome. Way holier than me. Ellen, question number three of the Kerygma Speed Round. Mm -hmm. An elevator pitch specifically for life as a Catholic. It's hard, but it's worth it. Okay. And if you take time to really learn about your faith, you can have an entirely different life than the one you have now. Okay, beautiful. Deacon. Well, if even Siri knows that Jesus Christ founded the Catholic <laughs> Church, why wouldn't you want to be part of a church that was founded by Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. That's like the nail in the coffin of any argument against it. I love it. You guys are awesome. Great job with the Kerygma Speed Round. It was um, and so, all right, so we talked about some of, in a very small nutshell, your stories. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to uh, the, the the Momentum Conference that we were just talking about having met at, and um, we we get together and and I don't I, I forget who had the initial idea, but like as we're starting to, I uh, approached Kevin. You approached Kevin about this, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you don't know, uh, watching or listening, Kevin Jory, um, he's awesome. He used to be on the team here at Awaken Catholic. And uh, he now works for the Diocese of Toledo and Catholic Charities as the director for the Office of Life and Justice. And he's doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. um, but so you reached out to Kevin. We were just standing talking and the Lord just put something on my heart. And, and, I, and I remember saying to him, I said, I really need to talk to you about something. It's important. 
And he just, he wouldn't let it drop. You know what I mean? It was like the seed, mm. whatever. What, it was just the Lord. It was the Holy Spirit. So, because I just said something to him. And then it just, and I run, I don't even know that I necessarily knew what it was going to be. But I just knew I had to say something to him. So I did. And then it just kind of like took off. Amazing. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. And as we were discussing and discerning, you know, the execution of the show, um, what kind of kept rising to the surface was, in each of our backgrounds, but especially you and me, you and you and I, Ellen, um, we have had some majorly prodigal circumstances, oh, yeah. right? And and you know, you Deacon, like you joked around with your your college roommate, like, hey, I wasn't always Deacon, yeah, right? Yeah. So you yeah, even even though you're like so much holier than us, yeah, you, you right. probably had a little bit of something something going on, right? So yeah, so yeah. there's this reality that far too often in the church context, there's this like. Um, there's this assumption that if I'm going to be a part of church, if I'm going to sit in the pews, if I'm going to kneel, if I'm going to be part of this community, I have to like put on this facade of holiness. I have to put mm -hmm. on, even, even if you aren't like super churchy, you still show up, you still, you know, you try to okay. put on the best face you can and whatever. And th there's just too much um, uh, disingenuousness, mm -hmm. uh, lack of authenticity uh, in, in, in so much of this, this culture that we've built up you know, where it really becomes an impediment to a lot of people where they don't feel like there's a place for them mm -hmm. because they don't match that facade, yeah. uh, that cookie cutter thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the reality of, of the three of us is we are, we are so different from each other, mm -hmm. but each of us has found this incredible home in the Catholic Church and in the embrace of our Lord uh, and so much healing for our backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, the two of us really needed it. Deacon's he's always been great. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but. You um, rubbed off on him. Right, right. right. And and so, you know, I use that that uh, imagery of, of in the arms of our Lord intentionally mm -hmm. because in the That's prodigal true. son story, right, you, you, you remember at the end of the story, the son, the prodigal son comes back and the father is there and embraces him. He's just waiting for him. Just waiting for him with, with open mm -hmm. arms. And and that's so true for like literally everybody. And it was mm -hmm. true for us. It was It's true for you at home. Maybe you've already come back or, or maybe you're thinking about coming back or you know someone that needs to come back. Um, we are all meant to be the prodigal son because we have mm -hmm. all sinned. We are all sinners. Uh, no one is perfect. As much as you might try to hide your faults, as much as you might try to, you know, put on a good face in front of your holy friends or, you know, mm -hmm. the, the friends that pretend they're holy, whatever it is, <laughs> none of us are perfect. No. We're all on this prodigal journey trying to get back to God. Mm -hmm. And so um, in a moment, uh, we're going to get into some of the, the details of, of the different types of discussions we've had. Sure. Uh, but first, it's time for the Catholic Weird Stuff segment. Ethan, hit it. Catholic Weird Stuff. Why do they do the things that they do? Today, for the Catholic Weird Stuff segment, we are going to be talking about aliens from a Catholic perspective. Uh, and I am talking about like outer space aliens. Where I'm, you're not hearing me wrong here. So Deacon, you brought this topic to the table. <laughs> I have thoughts. You clearly have thoughts. I know Ellen has some thoughts. Let's get into this. Well, uh, the reason I brought it up because uh, it, it's been, you know, uh, in the news a lot lately where these weather balloons and these other phenomena and, and you know, my brother's kind of into this. So he's been sending me stuff with lights in the sky mm -hmm. and videos and stuff and, and all of this. And, and, and so you, you would think in the universe that somewhere around 13.7 billion years old, that's continuing to expand um, a universe that's so massive that it would take 
millions of years for us to even get across, going at light speed. Mm-hmm. To get, I mean, there's no way we could ever, you know, and to think that we're the only ones here, you know, this little blue, pale blue dot <laughs> in the midst of this universe. massive universe. And of course, so... So they said, well, there could be no such thing as aliens. You know, the church doesn't have an official teaching on it or anything. And But I, I just say, okay, so we're the only ones in this entire universe. And when you think about, okay, God exists as a trinity. The second person of the trinity became flesh and dwelt among us, mm-hmm. right? So that God is saying something very special about humanity. But we cannot also totally comprehend God, mm-hmm. right? right? So God is God. So uh God could have other beings, other mm-hmm. uh folks out there besides us. We just don't know for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, I know this area 51 and all this kind of stuff and yeah. Yeah, yeah. spaces. So I, but but there's really no in, in my mind clear definitive evidence or proof of any other life existing other than us. But for me, that doesn't mean that there can't be. Mm-hmm. You know, that that God, God that there are not other does. people. Because again, God is love, and everything that exists is an overflow of of love that comes yep. from God. And to think that we're the only ones that He'd share that with, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I think I get God is magnanimous enough to be able to spread the love uh, I mean, to some of these other uh, uh, solar systems, sure. you know, these other galaxies. I think it's you know? hilarious, though, though, as as human beings. Every time, I mean, for me, every time I've thought about an alien or you know or whatever. And all the movies, it's always portrayed that they're, you know, trying to kill us <laughs> or take us or transform us or do something bad to us. And I don't know that that's the right concept either, because if God is love, if there is somebody else out there, you know what I mean? If that did, I'm pretty sure he would want us to have a harmonious relationship where we'd be, we'd be in community. Well, then again, we don't, have, we don't have harmonious relationships with ourselves right. about to say that. as human so, beings. Either. Right, I think right, that the right. premise is actually pretty accurate because if you think about any time we have gone exploring, mm. we end up, yeah, you know, conquering people. We and end up conquering people, making a big hot yeah. mess of things. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, and, you know, enslaving people, killing people. Um, and, and like we do that to ourselves when we're exploring. Yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that you know they would like but then there's et right i mean yeah, the nice know? cuddly et <laughs> yeah. who doesn't want to cuddle with et me he'd probably feel really what's weird what's that other one with um third and Enca- close encounters no lilo and stitch no well close encounters <laughs> was another one but yeah. that's not what i'm thinking of with um oh what's his name it's the one where the uh the solar flares are, are coming toward the earth and it's going to like consume the whole mm. earth there's nothing can be done and the aliens come to save uh, humanity. They, they, oh, they, it's like it's like that. a new Noah's Ark. That. They That's take amazing. animals and plants and even children, so they can keep humanity. Uh, oh, wow. They take them to another planet. I want to know what that is. Oh, I I really like. What's his name? Is um, oh Nicholas Cage is in it. Nicholas. I forget. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Huh. I did see that in theaters. Yeah, and, wow. and uh, they save two humans to be the new Adam and Eve on this y- new planet. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Knowing. Knowing. Yeah, knowing. Yes. Yes. I've never See, even heard of it. Yeah, so that's another one where it wow. looks like the aliens, but they're actually yeah, trying to I feel to really bad humanity. because we just majorly spoiled that movie for anyone that wants oh, to watch anyway, it. But you can still watch it, though. <laughs> you yeah. can still watch it. It'll be good. But, but yeah, so, I mean, we, we have human portrayals of mm-hmm. what life could be like. But again, we it's science fiction. 
right? right? Um, but mm. again, that's where I stand on. It. I mean, uh, I'm sure like Jimmy Akin has, yeah. you know, he has like this. Oh, Jimmy Akin's awesome. Other stuff, you know, he's got a whole yeah. podcast dedicated to wild stuff like yeah. this. Father yeah. Spitzer, he does really interesting oh, yeah. things about it the too. Universe and, yeah, the universe and all that. My so. perspective on it is that, um, you know, I put this question in the context of the contrast of everything you just said to like, there, there's this inherent, uh, I would say, verging on heretical fundamentalism in how insulted people get by the notion that it's possible that there are aliens. Because they cling to this, it's not in scripture, it's not in the Bible, so it can't mm -hmm. be true. true. Well, you know what else isn't in scripture? Our Lord's life between the ages of immediately being born and then, well, there's- 12, from 12. Tw yeah, 12, because we had, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but like there's huge gaps of years in our Lord's life that did happen that are not in scripture. And to me, you know, you, you have the whole span of time. Like we, we get like chunks, we get blocks mm -hmm. of references of time in the old Testament, but then there's a lot of other gaps that we don't get accounted for. Right. Um, and we, just because it doesn't say in the book of Genesis that he created other life on other planets. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's it's this fundamentalism. Like I got to cling to what I know and what it, what makes me mm. feel safe and secure. And but there could be. It's like why? We don't know. <laughs> why? Well, yeah, because remember the Bible's talking about salvation history exactly. as it pertains to us. So it's not it's not designed to be a scientific journal. It's not mm. designed to be about linear history. It's about how God enters into the human experience and into the human story and brings us to salvation. That's what it's about. Yeah. And if you look at the human body and the way that he designed it, it's probably the most mind-boggling, scientifically unexplainable thing you'll ever, you know what I mean, just looking at the way the human body is. Yeah. So like he, and he's capable of anything. Well, and, and on that, there's some cool stuff. Like for example, we only use what like five percent or six percent, seven percent of our brain. It's bonkers, you know. And what was that other movie where the where, where the gal ends up using a hundred? Um, uh, he likes movies. What, oh, what's her name? With, uh, um, the, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, right? And, and she's on that drug that yep. she th the, oh, the that, guy yeah. gives her the drug, and yeah. her just using. And Morgan Freeman's the scientist she goes yep. to and tries to mm. figure out another one like that. You know, um, what? Lucy. 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 Yeah. Lucy yes. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Ethan's feeding us the answers from the <laughs> controlled. Death. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> um, but another one like that, John Travolta in the movie Phenomenon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So that's a good right. Movie. See, and so mm -hmm. so so you have these things where, you know, what if we use more of our brain capacity? Mm -hmm. What would humanity look like? Does that lead to an evolutionary process? All these unanswered questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even with within our own humanity. Mm -hmm. And what you know? do we know? We, like I think yeah. what's important is to cling to what mm -hmm. is known to develop any opinion. And what we do know is the universe is massive. Massive. It is yeah. so. Yeah incomprehensibly massive mm -hmm. like it is it is so like think imagine how huge it is it's bigger than that like it's so right. big yeah. um and it's, to it's think hard to quantify to imagine ourselves. that so much else was created just to be there without <laughs> populating it on some level right is like god does things with intention you know he he mm -hmm. he has a reason for the things he does. He's not some abstract ethereal energy that just randomly mm -hmm. creates things. Like he has intentionality. He's a personal god. He you know it, when he created us it wasn't a mistake, right? right? And so 
I just think that there's a better chance than not that there is life. That doesn't have to mean that it's, you know, highly intelligent, you know, inventing spacecrafts that can, you know, travel through wormholes or break the space-time continuum and, like, get to us more immediately than we can with our rocket technology. It doesn't mean all that. That's right. They might be more primitive than us. They might be about the same as us. Who knows? But, I think but, the most definitive thing that's said in the Bible that says that it is is all things are possible with God. Amen. Yeah. So how can we limit God? Amen. Nor should we. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, there you, you know, go. There's, aliens. there's aliens there's for you weird stuff. from a Catholic perspective. <laughs> all right. Thank you for bringing that topic to us today, uh, Deacon. Sure. That was fun. Uh, all right. So let's, let's go back to the prodigal life. Mm. So, um, the prodigal life we have had, uh, we, 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 we went the first, I don't remember exactly how many episodes where it was 40. just the three of us. It was 40. 40 episodes, There's just 40. the three of us. Mm-hmm. And we covered such a wide range of topics. And then we started inviting guests and, and, and covering other interesting topics. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing is like, I remember at first, I was looking at the initial list of topics before our first recording session. And I was like, what is this show? Like, I was trying to figure out like, you know, we're covering such a wide range of things. Like, what it, what what is this show? <laughs> and right. and I think what's evolved is in the context of our witness, which is in, in the context of these other topics, it's really about like our personal experience of these questions and mm-hmm. our what we do know about these questions testimony. personally. Yep. Our testimony. It, it's that. It's it's like we're number one, we're putting on display how to have conversations about these hard things. Mm-hmm. Um clarifying to, you know certain topics that for which there's a lot of confusion surrounding them. Uh, and that ranges from topics related to life, topics related to theology, church history, um, you know, the human experience. So it really does touch on a whole wide gamut of things, um, but there's still this cohesion in it because of the way we're approaching it. And I was curious if we could get from the two of you uh, what some of the standout topics have been for you that were some of your favorites that we did uh, or you think maybe the most valuable or efficacious. Wow, that's a really hard question. I mean, <laughs> we have we have covered a lot of territory. Yeah. Well, if, if me, I, th- I mean, I like the ones that we do on like sacraments, yeah. you know, or virtues, because I mean, often these things are taught to us, like information, mm-hmm. or here's what it means theologically. But how do you connect that to your life every day? Yeah. I mean, you get up, you get your coffee, you go to work, you go to school, but so. You don't wake up thinking, boy, I'm I'm gonna try to really figure out the theological virtues today. I mean, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, so how does this plug in to your everyday life? That, that's what I love about what we do. We make it real for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I, I uh, what does the Eucharist mean in my life? Like, okay. and really through our stories and experiences, and now with guests sharing their mm-hmm. stories and experiences, that people can say, okay, wow, I really like that approach. You know, that that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. That's something I can incorporate into my life, and mm-hmm. it elevates your your relationship with, with Christ. I mean, it, it's all about bringing people into deeper intimacy with the Lord, to think about things differently, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, to approach something that they were afraid to even touch before. Yeah. You know, to go place in their heart that that they were afraid to go to. I don't want to think about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, if you really want to, Take relationship with God to another place. You got to get. You got to get, get down there. in there. Mm. You know, and do that work. And that's I, great. that's what I love about what we do. That's beautiful. 
I, I've really enjoyed the ones where we have talked about books and saints and um, and personal things, you know, like where we, you know, we've talked about rape. We've talked about um, all kinds of different topics that are really uncomfortable, you know what I mean? And we even talked, I mean, I think one of the ones that was probably the most profound is when we talked about the priest scandal. I mean, that was a hard topic, you know what I mean? And, and dealing with that. But we... We had to we had to reach out and touch about it because it's so prevalent. In I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with people and why they've left the church or fallen away, and mm -hmm. it's because of you know something that's been handled improperly or you know something like that. And so for me, I like the ones that are. I mean, I'm not saying I don't love the ones that are sacramental mm -hmm. or theologically based. I love all of them, but the ones that are like kind of the ones that are in your gut that are like grassroots, really hard things to talk about, really are very significant um, and important. And I love the one, because we just started doing it, taking the guest questions, you know, our supporters' oh, yeah. questions and and the comments, you know, mm -hmm. because it kind of gives you a gauge as to what they're listening to and what they're paying attention to and what they want more of, which is great. So please, if you hear this and you watch the show, give us questions and give us things, because, you know, we want to help you come to that, intimate relationship with your faith and with Christ. And that's, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know for me, the reason I do this when we do this and that I'm so invested in it is because I wish that when I was struggling and I didn't know my faith and I didn't understand things that there had been somebody I could listen to mm -hmm. that would kind of break it down Barney style. Mm. I mean, by the grace of God, we have Deacon. Praise the Lord that he can tell us theologically why why we have what we have and how we deal with things from racism to, you know, inappropriate sexual relationships to, you know, the sacraments and everything else. But on the other side of it, we're very raw. It's a very bare experience because we're not hiding. We're not hiding our shame. We're not doing what the devil wants us to do. The devil wants us to bare our heads in the sand and just keep running away from God. Yeah. And you and I, the three of us are like, oh, hell no, we're not doing that. We're going straight at you. And, you know, you can just go back to hell where you belong because we're not going to voluntarily give up all these beautiful souls that may or may not know the answer to something because they are scared. Yes. You Amen. know, don't be scared. Amen. Be not afraid. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things like I was mentioning how we, we show how to have discussions around these topics, because it's so difficult to like, there, we, there are so many things mm. that you wouldn't even think like just church teachings that people yeah. feel like they can't talk about because they'll get criticized or, you know, people, they'll get judged for even asking the question, right. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I've learned entirely the opposite in my journey is that, well, not, not necessarily the opposite, but it's more that it doesn't matter. Like who cares <laughs> what people think, you know, yeah. like I would yeah. rather have the truth. I would rather Amen. be close to God. I would rather know that I'm in right standing with God and in communion with the church. And like, mm -hmm. that's more important than if some schmuck approves of me or not, you right. know? So, and but I think that- it's a process to get there. It is, 100%. I mean, because it's really hard. I mean, we grow up, you know, it's that fast food generation and everybody yeah. wants to be accepted and you got to have the right shoes and the right car yeah. and the right house and the right everything else. And it takes time to get to the point where you're just kind of like, well, yeah, I'm great. And, and just to be grateful that you might have a nice car and nice shoes and a house and thank God for them. Mm -hmm. But be like, if they all went away tomorrow, know that you're fine because Jesus loves you. Yeah. And and none of this is to say that like we've quote arrived. Like no, we haven't. We haven't arrived. I still even I still feel <laughs> self-conscious sometimes when I am overly vulnerable and sharing certain parts of my life because I have this stupid thought in the back of my mind, which is, 
what if someone from my high school sees this and they judge me because they know the old me you know mm. like that that and it's that that version of nick is dead he's gone right it's mm -hmm. like saint paul says like it is no longer i who live but christ who yeah, lives amen. in me like amen. i am literally a new creation a totally different person than I was then, but mm -hmm. I still have like the, the voice of the enemy, the voice of That's Satan whispering in my ear, these lies, like I should concern myself with that. And even if one of those people did see uh, some of the things I'm saying, it's like, good, let them see that there's a new version of Nick and that that can happen for them too. You know, yeah. that's the truth yeah. of it. Because who you were isn't who you are. Right. Because if that was true, none of us, I mean, we should never judge anybody yeah. on who they were. Because you never know when the miracle is going to happen. I mean, and 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 God is so amazing because He figures out how to give us living, breathing examples of that every day. And if you look into the saints, and and not even even just some people that are regular martyrs that may not even be saints yet, and you look at like Saint Paul. I mean, he's just riding his horse, going to kill more women and children, and then all of a sudden, God's like, "Nope, we're going to stop that. You're going to be blinded." And, and he can change you in a dime. I mean, for me, it was. Yeah. For me, that that conversion was like, I was like, all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute, what's going on? And, you know, I can't explain it in a way that's ever going to make sense to anybody. Mm -hmm. But the day that, like, the Holy Spirit was like, okay, I'm done waiting. I'm all done waiting for you, Ellen. This is the moment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, but, you know, but still I had the free will. I could have chosen no. I could have said no to God. But for the first time in my life, I didn't. That's awesome. And here we are. It's like, like St. Augustine, right? I can imagine people, like, yeah. like your situation, oh, come on. you you putting on this, like, Catholic stuff, but I know you. Right. right. You, you have a kid, dude. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, yeah. St. Augustine. And you didn't even marry you know, Out of wet, yeah. I say. You yeah, have a kid. Come on, man. You, you a party boy. Come on, boy. <laughs> I saw you, know? you with that orgy. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see that kind of thing. Yeah. But now you're doing that. I mean, but so that that really wasn't who he was. Right. See, he's he's now that was living matured. The he was living into in the, the sin. person who who he is now. Now mm -hmm. he's living the person that, yeah. he, that he's meant to be, not mm -hmm. not who he was before. Amen. You know that, and that's that's the big lesson there. Yeah, we yeah. can't judge people. Yeah. Because you never know their journey. We don't know Amen. their journey. Yeah, and then that encapsulates the, the whole premise of of why we're doing the prodigal life and what the show is for. It's that no matter how far gone you feel you are no matter how grave the sin is you feel you've committed, uh, how you've hurt yourself or hurt someone else, there's no sin or darkness so great that God's love and mercy is not greater still. And you, too, can be a prodigal son or daughter. Uh, and that that's the premise, and that's what I have to remind myself when I hear the lies of the enemy. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's who we all always are because yeah. we, we will always make mistakes, and we just got to come back and ask for mercy, and God gives it graciously and in abundance thank god yeah thank you i yeah. mean we just have to thank him yeah, yeah. amen amen yeah. wow well, um, thank you yeah no thank you guys for everything that you do and and for your your work on the show and and for coming out here two or three times a year and mm -hmm. being a part of awakened catholic it's, it's a it. yeah it's, it's a wonderful yeah, it's apostolate awesome. if you if you are bored and you don't know where you should donate your <laughs> funds to um because, you know, people do. I mean, I know my father. He, I, God bless my father. I love him so much. And, like, he has a list, and he has all the donors that he gives to every year consistently because, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a tax write-off too. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, this is a nonprofit. We're a nonprofit. Yeah. Awakened Catholic is a nonprofit. And in order to keep it going, it costs money. And so, like, yeah. I always tell people, if you're looking to do something worthwhile, donate to those nonprofits. 
Yeah, amen. You know, especially the ones that are touching your life. Amen. Yeah. 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 Which brings me to the final sponsor for today's episode, the pilgrimage to the Holy Land that I'll be leading later this year with Father Eric Schild. If you're interested in learning more, visit awakenmissions.com. Sorry, not awakenmissions, awakenpilgrimages.com. Uh, and if, uh, if you have never been to the Holy Land, let me tell you, I have gone and I was once again, forever changed. And just when I thought I couldn't be changed anymore, God was like, <laughs> no, you're going to change again. And it's such a huge blessing. I, I literally, I knew it was going to be awesome. I had always wanted to go, but I completely underestimated the power and the impact it would have on my life. Um, and it could have that impact on yours too, but you have to come. And there's limited seating. So make sure to visit awakenpilgrimages.com to learn more, to register, uh, to get your foot in the door. Uh, and hopefully by it, hopefully you don't have to just get put on a wait list by the time you, you contact and reach out. So visit awakenpilgrimages.com uh, to come with myself and Father Eric Shield to the Holy Land later this year. Uh, guys, Amen. thank you for being here today. Thank you for thank being you. part of the prodigal life. Uh, really appreciate and love you both. And um, where can people get in contact with you? Actually, especially for your organization, I want to make well, sure. The website's going to launch, like I said, on April fifth. That's the that's the plan right now, and it'll be um, destined for this. It's destined, you know, just like the, the number four, and then this. Okay. Um, and it'll be that dot. I think it'll be dot com and dot org, and I think we bought them all, so which will be good. But to reach me, the easiest way to reach me is. Um, Ellen at awakencatholic.org, believe it or not. That's like a simple way to get in touch with yeah. me. And it's just, you know, it's an easy email. And you know, Deacon's got his whole thing going on now. So he'll tell you, he's got like websites and YouTube no, pages. Just, I made it real easy, deaconherald.com. There you go. You get everything from there. What yeah. a dynamic uh, deacon you are. Yeah. <laughs> It's great. We're, we're getting everything set up. And I did not come up with that name, by the way. That was the, nah. the Christina, who I yeah, thought yeah. That she was the one that came up with that. That's great. In fact, when she, when she proposed it to me, I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. That's arrogant. Which I put a, like a cape with a big D on my yes. chest. Yes. Like, you like, should. No. Halloween. That was like arrogant. You become a cartoon like character. Because I was calling my apostolate Aram Cordis, which means ear of the heart. It's from the very first line of the prologue of the Rule of St. Benedict. Mm. And she goes, okay. First of all, no one can pronounce it. No one knows what it means. Yeah. And they, they can't associate it with you. Mm -hmm. So we need to come up with something different. And she does this for a living. I said, oh, okay, okay. So I said, oh, give us some thought. So she came up with a dining. I was like, no. <laughs> and I, I still kind of don't like it. It's still a little weird, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it is catchy and people seem to like it. So I, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so. I love teasing you with it too. I like it. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you, Nick. The cape, the cape imagery will stay with me oh, for yes. a long time. Oh yes, we're going to make sure we get you your superhero outfit for the next time you're here. Yeah. So, so this is what God does if you let Him drive the bus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just keep your foot on the pedal and let Him grab the yeah, steering wheel. Just let Him drive. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Um, I have been Nick De La Torre. This has been the Awakened Catholic Show. And before you go, I just need you to know that Jesus loves you. Peace.